Merry Christmas scripture first listeners and supporters of Luther House. We hope and pray that the Christmas story of Christ's coming into the world and into our lives with mercy and new life brings joy and hope to you today and in the days to come. As we come to a close of the year, we want to express our gratitude for, to all of you who've been listening to our Scripture First podcasts. As we close out this year, we are celebrating a challenge grant we've been given to support the upcoming year's podcast. A generous donor has offered to sponsor up to eight podcasts and hopes that people would match this challenge. Please consider making a year-end donation to Luther House to sponsor one podcast, a month's worth of podcast, or even a year. In addition, consider helping us with other facets of our mission by making a tax-deductible contribution to the Lutheran Leadership Foundation. If you would like to sponsor a podcast, please contact our co-director, Sarah Stenson, at sstenson at augie.edu. Or, if you want to make a general contribution, please contact us through the Luther House website or click on the donate button on our website, lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us as we provide this service for all who have ears to hear. We would like to say a special thank you to Bob O'Connor for sponsoring this week's episode. And then Luther has, I'm going to, this is a quote from Luther again. For when God turns his face toward one, there is nothing but grace and salvation and all gifts and works must follow. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Scripture First, the podcast that explores how the Lutheran lectionary is working in your life. I'm your host, Mason Van Essen. Pregnant with Jesus, Mary hurries to the hill country to visit her aunt Elizabeth, who is pregnant with John the Baptist. When John hears Mary's voice, he leaps in Elizabeth's womb. As you'll hear in this week's lectionary text, Elizabeth says to Mary, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Luther House of Studies co-directors Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan teach Adam Curie and I that Mary is blessed because of Christ. Mary tells us that she'll be remembered for having God's face shown upon her. I can't wait to share this week's conversation about Mary's Magnificat with you. Here's Luke chapter 1, verses 39 through 55. In those days, Mary set out and went with haste to a Judean town in the hill country, where she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why has this happened to me, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? For as soon as I heard the sound of your greeting, the child in my womb leaped for joy, and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant." Surely from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is His name. His mercy is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with His arm. He has shattered the proud 
in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. And now on to this week's conversation. Welcome back to Scripture First. We have both of Luther House of Studies co-directors with us this week, Sarah Stinson and Dr. Chris Krogan. Thanks for being here, both of you. It's almost Christmas. Woohoo! I, I, this is the last Sunday of Advent, yep. right? Fourth Sunday in Advent. So uh, we're in Luke chapter one, so we're kind of going... We're going backwards. Backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the 39th verse, in those days, Mary stood out. I guess the, the first question that people might have, uh, especially if they're just coming to church and hearing that, this. Yeah. What days? What days? What's yeah, those what's, days that Luke's yeah. referring to? This is right after Mary. You know, so Mary now has been um, identified as having a baby in her womb. And so this is getting the preparation for the baby to arrive. And so that's in those days. And she went with haste. And she went with haste to meet her Yep. In the hill country. In the hill country. Yep. Okay, so getting to the good stuff. Verse 41, when Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the child leaped in her womb. That's that's pretty descriptive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any significance with that? Because I know Elizabeth, um, it continues saying that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit yep. and exclaimed loudly. So is there any significance to the fact that the child leaped in her womb? Yes. So first, the child who is leaping in Elizabeth's womb right now, this is John the Baptist. So she's pregnant with John the Baptist. And I think you heard about that a couple of weeks ago um, on Chris's podcast um, about Elizabeth um, wanting a baby. So now she's pregnant with uh, John the Baptist. The so John the Baptist leaped in Elizabeth's womb when, um, presumably, he heard Mary's greeting. Luther actually, point of trivia, identifies points to this 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 John the Baptist leaping uh, while in utero as um, an example of an infant, a baby, having faith mm-hmm. because. He's reacting to hearing Mary's greeting, and she is now pregnant with Jesus. So he he is now leaping in reaction to hearing the word. Yeah, exactly. Yep, the word made faith in John in utero. Yep, and Elizabeth. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is really like cool. Pretty, that is really cool. Yeah. Incredible. I mean, it's I I think it's a pretty incredible. Imagery. I and formed you in the womb. I, I mean, formed you in the womb. And yeah. even just like, uh, not talk about my wife, but when she's pregnant, when she was pregnant uh, this last year and she was meeting with other, one of her friends was pregnant at the same time. It's pretty special to see they're not leaping in the womb, but yeah. there's life in there. There's life. Yeah. There's <laughs> something going on in there anyway. Especially the mom knows this. We, we, we dads just get to watch. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's, there's like an excitement to this. Yeah. yeah. 
But but especially because it's now the first time John the Baptist and Jesus are interacting, and this is this is how John the Baptist is reacting, leaping in the womb. Mm -hmm. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, which is key here. She's filled with the Holy Spirit and exclaimed with a loud cry, "Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb." Obviously, Jesus. So so she's not coming up with this on her own. She's not just kind of making it up. She's confessing Christ after the Holy Spirit has filled her with this confession. And so kind of the, preaching a sermon to Mary. She is yeah. preaching a sermon yeah. to Mary, which Mary presumably <laughs> needed Needs about yeah. the, like what is happening. Yeah. So, so she is actually preaching to the mother of God. Yeah, and, so, so, and she can't come up, like Sarah said, can't come up with that on her own. So when she starts saying, you're blessed, in your womb, it is literally a divine inspiration for her to have this come out of her mouth. And then to ask the question, that the mother of my Lord comes to me? Mm-hmm. Boom. The, um, every knee shall bend and m- mouth confess. This is what's happening to Elizabeth. And then gives her that blessing. And blessed is she who believed that there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. Mm-hmm. So it, it is actually a sermon Elizabeth <laughs> is delivering to Mary here. So for those, I know we're about to continue mm-hmm. and talk about verses 46 through 55. Yep. But for preachers who don't continue like what we're about to continue, when they're preaching this text, is the section they want to focus on the most essentially the very end, like Verses 44, 45. So one of the things that we have to be very aware of and cautious of is not to make this about Mary. She's blessed because of Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Christ is the one who's blessing her, not Mary is special. Mary has, you know, good qualities. Oh, isn't this great? We're going to worship Mary. Well, and this is what Elizabeth says. Blessed is she who believed there would be fulfillment of what was spoken to her by the Lord. So I think that would be a a key, Kiri, is the thing that makes Mary blessed is she has faith. She has been given faith in what the Lord told her. Okay. The angel of the Lord came to her and she believed what the angel Mm -hmm. of the Lord said, which is you're carrying Messiah. Mm -hmm. And I think there's no reason not to continue on with verses 46 to 55 because it's a beautiful confession of Mary's own. Now, after she's heard this sermon from Elizabeth, then we get to hear Mary's response. Mm -hmm. So I like filling it out by um, finishing with Mary's response. You certainly don't have to. Having been preached to, she sings a hymn now. Exactly. That is is the Magnificat is what it's called. But Mm -hmm. Luther has a beautiful... um, treatment of Magnificat of these verses 46 to 55. And so Mary's response there in verse 46, and Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And I did want to actually read a quote here from Luther on just the, my soul. Luther picks this up and he says, the Holy Mother does not say my voice or my mouth, my hand or my thoughts my reason or my will magnifies the Lord. For there are many who praise God with a loud voice, preach about him with high sounding words, 
speak much of him, dispute and write about him, and paint his image whose and paint his image, whose thoughts dwell often upon him, and reach out after him and speculate about him with their reason. There are also many who exalt him with false devotion and a false will. But Mary says, My soul magnifies him. That is, my whole life and being, mind and strength, esteem him highly. So all of that just from those two words. And my it, soul. And, and what's beautiful is it's, you know, because I like Luther saying, he says, a lot of people do a lot of things. They'll just sing loudly and say, oh, this is great, Jesus. But Mary's saying, literally, my whole being mm-hmm. is now a tribute, a great tribute to God, what God will do. And then she starts filling out, what was it that God did? So this is then she's going to start to lay this out. What does that look like? Yeah, and it's all magnifies the Lord. And our temptation... Now, and this comes even in early church, certainly to this day, our temptation is to focus on Mary mm-hmm. here yeah. in, in all of this, 39 to 45, but certainly 46 to 55. And so our, our attention, our sermons, everything turns into, oh, it's all about Mary. And she becomes some sort of a role model or an example or whatever it is. But when you listen to what Mary is actually saying herself, my soul and everything she has magnifies. And in the Greek, it's megaluno, enlarge, extol, increase. The Lord, not herself. Mm-hmm. This is not a false humility. Everything in her is magnifying God. Pointing to God as the one who's doing this. And, you know, everything goes, the, all the energy that Mary says after this is see what God is doing because what a lot of people will do is, oh, what Mary needed to be and thus what, or Mary, what Mary was is what we need to be, which is humble yep. in spirit. We need to be meek. And so mm-hmm. if we're this way, God will raise us up. But that's not what's going on. It's not Mary doing something and then God coming to her because she's that way, but actually the opposite. So she says, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. So Mary is claiming to be a servant of the Lord, Mm -hmm. which is kind of fitting. Mm -hmm. She's not saying Jesus here. She is saying God, Mm -hmm. the Father here, Mm -hmm. um, which also fits as well. Yep. Um, I don't know. I just, I know you guys are going to dig in more. I just love this. And I, again, I know it is the Magnificat. And I think a lot of people who are listening to this know this as well. Mm -hmm. Um but I think it kind of helps. And maybe that's why people think of it as the meekness is because they hear it in such like beautiful, Mm -hmm. um, in such beautiful lines too. Mm -hmm. And they hear her talking about her lowliness um, of his servant. Exactly. And that, I wanted to pick that up, Curie. So thank you. That's verse 48. He has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. And you're right that we do kind of pick up on the, the lowliness and then you kind of end up pivoting off of that. The Greek word there for um, he has looked is actually epiplepo, which means regarded. And so again, I'm going to go back to Luther here. He does an incredibly beautiful job of of focusing on this word regarded, or he has looked with favor. He's regarded her with favor. So synonym for looked with favor is to regard. He has regarded her with favor. 
on the lowliness of his servant. And what he's saying there is the foremost work God did for her was that he regarded her. That's the greatest of his works. Everything else comes out of the fact that God looked at her, regarded her with favor. And then Luther has, I'm going to, this is a quote from Luther again. For when God turns his face toward one, there is nothing but grace and salvation, and all gifts and works must follow. And Mary herself regards this as the chief thing. And then goes on, she goes on to say, Behold, since he has regarded me, all generations will call me blessed. So Mary herself again, and listen to the words Mary is using. Mary is saying, men will not speak all manner of good about her. They're not going to praise my virtue, exalt my lowliness, whatever it is, or talk about what I've done. It's this one thing alone that God has regarded her. For that, men will call her blessed. Mm-hmm. He looked upon her with favor. And so so this is, remember at the end of most services, we get the, the, the benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face up, shine yep. upon you. Yep. That's what the regard is. And yep. so Mary's like, the Lord's face shone upon me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that happens in the Cain and Abel. He, he regarded mm-hmm. Abel. He did not give the same face of regard to Cain. Mm-hmm. And so Cain's countenance fell. Mm-hmm. That's what countenance is, is this regard. So Mary's like, look, his face shone upon me. That's what people are going to notice about me. Not that I was lowly. But his face shone upon me. That's how I'm going to be under, remembered. Yeah. And it's for verse 49. From now on, all generations will call me blessed for the mighty one. In other words, God has done great things for me and holy is his name. So everything Mary's confessing here now is about what God has done and is doing for her. Not about her own stature, high or low. No. It's all about God. God has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Mm-hmm. So essentially, she's starting to understand that she's almost like a preacher for Christ here. She understands she is a instrument or tool okay. of delivering God's regard of Christ into the world. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, she, yes, a preacher in a sense, in that out of Mary comes Christ, just mm-hmm. like out of a preacher's mouth comes Christ. So mm-hmm. it's that same way is that she gets to actually bring that beautiful face of countenance of mercy into the world out of her womb. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And how can anybody, when you, did God really say? Yeah. Like right. when right. you see that God turns his face towards one, there's nothing but grace mm-hmm. and yeah. salvation and all gifts. Yep. Yeah. There's nothing. You, how can you question that? There's no room left. Is yeah, there? exactly. And, and so this is what is really enjoyable about this particular text is Mary is ushering in um, this wonderful mercy. And she's recognizing, wow, what a role he has done to me to bring me as the one who's going to be. And this is the nature of any of us who get to deliver Christ's promise into the world mm-hmm. is it is. Because that's why his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. Note, mercy here. It's not, you know, so when God's regard, that is God's countenance, is mercy mm-hmm. on people. You know, that's just a wonderful thing because everybody's like, I'm lowly. 
when we say lowly, it doesn't mean that you're just destitute or poor or standing on the homeless or anything. Lowly means you are in the skids. Yeah. You're a sinner in need of mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't be fair to me, God. That's really what this is about. Yeah. But the, and Mary's recognizing yeah. we have a God of mercy. Even though the, the 51st verse, I mean, it tells of the nature of mercy too. Mm-hmm. Mercy will scatter the proud. Absolutely. Right. It will. I mean, yeah. that's the, that's the function it's telling of it. You but you're it will a lift up the exactly. lowly. Yeah, it will lift up the lowly because the proud need to be yep. humbled and the lowly actually need to be delivered from this. Exactly. Yep. yep. And so and the way it scatters the proud is that you're right. It names you, you sinned. Mm-hmm. That's how it scatters the proud. It doesn't leave you and hey, good job. Pat you on the back. Yep. So when Christ comes, it's not going to leave much for pride. It's going to actually lift up those who are sinners. And uh, Mary continues on. Uh, she says, uh, he has filled the hungry uh, with good things and sent the rich away empty. I guess, uh, is there anything to be said about this, uh, Dr. Krogan? Or any- yeah, so I mean, the key here is that this is God's creative um, work is when God comes in and does these things, he gives again with his word of promise. And so filling people with good things and um, and you can't make something out of nothing. So when, when you are stuck in not having something, God comes and speaks and fills you with this. And mm-hmm. that's part of that beautiful thing. And, and it's the Holy Spirit that then allows you to confess this. And so that's part of what's going on. And the rich uh, who were pretty proud or at least thought they had it all under control are left empty in the end because they don't have the promise and the mercy. And then finally, it says, He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. So Mary there is identifying, again, the when, when she says he's um, helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, what she's identifying is God of the Old Testament is mercy. Ultimately, he's mercy, Habakkuk. In wrath, God remembers mercy. So this is Mary now pulling in what we call the Old Testament promises of Christ, mercy. It's why she's naming our ancestors to Abraham, to his descendants forever. And she's calling to mind, again, putting it back in their ears and ours, for that matter. We have a God of mercy, a God who is unfair. And she is now carrying the Zerah in the Hebrew seed that was promised all the way back in Genesis 3, all the way through the Old Testament, through Abraham and his descendants, now is just about to um, enter earth. And one of the key things or cool things about this time of year is we've got got, uh, Christmas right on the doorstep and people are running around chasing and they're chasing after the perfect gift or they're chasing after the perfect time with their family or they're chasing after something, which we all know when you're chasing something like that, you're chasing an idol. Mm-hmm. And so you can, as a preacher at this point in time, actually name that and say, now guess what? Abraham was an idolater. And so if I'm naming your idols right now and you feel the weight of that, which is whatever it was that you want the perfect Christmas or all that kind of stuff, guess what? This is why Christ came. 
he was promised to an idolater who had no standing in this world. In fact, his only standing was that he was a sinner, just like you. And now Christ comes, just like he came to Abraham and pulled him idolatry. He's coming to you today and pulling you out idolatry with forgiveness of sins and a promise of life to come. And on that note, we reach the end of this week's episode, my friends. Thank you to Sarah Stenson and Dr. Chris Krogan for teaching us that it's God who blesses us and gives us faith, just like he did with Mary. Like the quote you heard in our conversation, Martin Luther said it best, when God turns his face towards one, there's nothing but grace and salvation and all gifts and works must follow. As you heard at the beginning of the episode, a generous donor is willing to match sponsorships for up to eight podcast episodes. If you or your congregation is interested in helping Luther House of Study utilize these matching funds, please send our co-director, Sarah Stenson, an email at sstenson at augie.edu. That's S-S-T-E-N-S-O-N at A-U-G-I-E dot E-D-U. You can find her email in the show notes or find more information about supporting Luther House of Study at lutherhouseofstudy.org. Thanks again for joining us this week. Remember, God has blessed you. We'll see you next time on Scripture First.